Well, hello, 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 everybody. Thanks for making it out here. Glad you guys are here. My name is Trevor. I'm the elementary pastor here at Valley Real Life, uh, and I get to kick off this new series. So uh, for those of you that are here, awesome. Welcome. For those of you online, thanks for uh, checking this out with us. Um, I hope we're going to have a great time to get today. We're going to be together for about 30 minutes. It's going to be fantastic. So uh, what, I, what I thought I would just do first is... I don't want to like ruin anything for Dan while he's gone right now. Um, but I've been asked like 19 times today, are you nervous about tonight? Are you ready for tonight? And, and I just got to, I just got to say something. I want to start. This is not, this is not in my notes. Look, there's my notes right there. It's not in there. Uh, preaching, preaching, not pastoring, preaching might just be the easiest job in the world. <laughs> okay. Here's why. Here's why. Here's why. If I got up here and had nothing to say to you, I could just read scripture. Like, I could just read the Bible, and that would be enough. And so when someone goes, hey, are you nervous? I go, no, because, like, as long as you don't leave here and hear me say, like, all hail Satan, Lord of darkness, I've done my job, okay? You're, you're going to hear something from God's Word, and it does not matter what else I say if you listen to God's Word, okay? So that's what we're going to do tonight. We're, we're going to open up the Bible. But I thought first what I would do is, uh, just for your guys' sake, I'm not nervous, but maybe you are. Let's find out. Um, we're going to pray together, and we're going to jump right into this. God, we love you so much. We're so glad we get to be here, and we just get to worship you and, and read from your word. So God, help us have a great time together, and just to walk away um, with something life-changing. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. All right, we are kicking off a new series this week. It's called Lessons from the Lake. And here's what you need to know. Lakes are awesome, okay? Water, water when it's 100 degrees outside is awesome. And it's hot, and you go, hey, I'm going to go in a lake, or I'm going to go in a river, or I'm going to go in, into a, a, a sea. One of our stories in the next few weeks comes from more of a sea, not a lake. Let's just be honest. Shh, don't tell. It's awesome. Okay, jet skiing, it's awesome. Boats, they're awesome. Paddle boarding, it's awesome. Swimming, it's awesome. Throwing a Frisbee to a dog in the water, it's awesome. Okay? Jesus spent a lot of time at lakes, and he taught a lot around water. And you'll notice like 80% of Christian songs reference water. And it's because water's a big deal in the Bible. And so we're going to be spending the next few weeks over the summer talking about what can we learn. Now, I was excited to, to kick off this series, and they said, hey, hey Trevor, uh, do you want to preach this, this week in a, you know, in a couple months? I said, I'd love to. I love getting the chance to come and talk to parents. But what they didn't tell me was that I was going to have to follow up Dave Stone, uh, who is, you know, formerly the, the lead pastor of one of the largest churches in America. And uh, so here's how we're going to frame this. Dave Stone opened for me, okay? <laughs> Opening act, Dave Stone, Coldplay, Okay. So when you, when you go home, like, how's church? You go, oh, man, it was great. Dave Stone w warmed up great for this guy. Um, so, so we're going to get right into this. Dave Stone's awesome, by the way. I've known him for a number of years, and he's just like the best dude uh, in the world. So last time I got to preach to you guys, it was one year ago to the week. It was July 5th, um, and it was the first weekend that our church had reopened after COVID. So we had shut down in March, you know, canceled everything. We started doing drive-in services in May. And then in a few weeks later in July, we reopened. And I just wanted to, let's just take a trip down memory lane. Don't we all want to relive 2020 and just go like, let's, good times. Um, a year ago, the CDC was like, hey, we need to give everyone a quick refresher on how to wash their hands. 
And we all went, hey, we're grownups. We don't need your help on this one. And then they put out a video like this. And they were like, hey, we're going to tell you how to wash your hands. And we were like, hey, listen, dude, I got it. You wet your hands. Great. We got it. We're going to apply soap. Great. We're going to rub them. Okay, now we're going to wash them off. Oh, nope, that's not what you do. <laughs> you keep washing your hands. Oh, never, uh, never done this. Oh, never, never done this. And every adult in America was like, I've never washed my hands correctly. <laughs> every single person was like, oh, I'm a disgusting pile of filth. Oh, no. So we all started washing our hands till our hands were like bleeding. Do you remember that? Do you remember that? There's not enough lotion or hand sanitizer, which then went on your dry hands and it burned. It was the worst. It was the worst. Um, another one was, was the uh, essential workers. Do you remember on the news when they said, hey, at seven o'clock, everyone go outside and bang their pots and pans and we'll, we'll praise essential workers. Do you remember that? My neighborhood never did it, which is great. I would have moved. But uh, the news made it sound like everyone else was doing it. But then, and then those essential workers were like, hey, can we get more money? And we were like, no. And it was great times, man. Oh, man. COVID. What a joy. Do you remember, do you remember going to Fred Meyer? You go to the grocery store. You'd be like, I need to go grab one thing. I need milk. And you're like, oh, no. I left my mask. So you're like, oh, I'm just going to cover, cover over my face. And then everyone in the store is like, you're a terrorist. Do you remember that? Remember that you left your mask at home? You were part of Al-Qaeda now? Oh, man. Can we go back? If only I had a time machine, that's what I would go back to. Um, he said sarcastically. This is going to sound really awful. Um, there were actually some weirdly, really good things that came out of COVID. And I'm actually going to say one of them. This is not a joke. One of the things that happened is that from July, I, I went and checked. From July 5th, a year ago when our church opened, to today, VRL has had 173 baptisms, okay? And it, yeah, and if you do the math, there's 52 weeks a year. That's like three to four baptisms every week for a year. And, and I, don't, I don't know the answer to why this happened, but I, I have my best guess. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run it by you. Um, and it's this, that people, number one, were, were faced with their own mortality for the first time. People that, that were my age, when that, when that news first broke, we said, hey, did, like, what happens if I die? What happens? And and people just, at least that seed was planted. What happens if I die? And they started to think about what came next. The other thing was we all had to go inside for a, for a long time. And we're inside and we're not around other people. And when things opened up for whatever reason, churches got to open up first. Churches got to open before restaurants. Churches got to open before gyms, before movie theaters. If you wanted to see your people, you had to come to church. And so they came. And they filled up churches, and we said, hey, let's tell you about Jesus while you're here. And they're like, okay, great. And then we baptized them. <laughs> this, this is science is what happened, okay? And so what I want to say is as we get into this story that I'm about to tell you, uh, there, there's some good things that are happening, even in the midst of what's just kind of been just a crazy now almost a year and a half. And so what we're going to do is, I told you, we're going to just go right into the Bible. So uh, we're going to be in Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. If you have a Bible, you can go ahead and grab that. Um, if not, it's going to be behind me right here on the screen, but I'm going to read it um, right here from my Bible. Uh, but what's happening in this is that Jesus 
is calling his first disciples. And it says, one day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. And he noticed two empty boats at the water's edge for for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Uh, Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water really quick. So what's happening is it says here, Jesus is there and the crowds are pushing up. And he's going, I need my six feet of space. Okay. I need, I need some room. I'm going to get in the boat. We're going to go out in the water. And then from the boat, I'll teach. So it says, uh, so he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. And when he would finish speaking, he said to Simon, now go out to where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets again. And this time their nets were so full of fish that they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in another boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I am such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Side note, their other nickname, James and John, their father is Zebedee, and they have another name in the Bible, the Sons of Thunder. And if that's not the most WrestleMania nickname in the Bible, I challenge you to show me that. Uh, Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Uh, Can we talk about following Jesus for just a minute? That's a rhetorical question. We're gonna. (laughs) Jesus calls Peter and Andrew and James and John to follow him. He says, come and be my disciple. What I want you to do, group project, turn to someone right next to you, and I want you to answer this question, what is a disciple? If If you're online, go in the chat. I want you to answer this question, what is a disciple? Go. Would anyone like to share their answer? That was super quick, I know. Would anyone like to share their answer? What is a disciple? Someone just shout it out. Someone who follows Jesus. What else? A student. Great. What else? Sweet. This is going to be a great sermon because I got to teach you guys something today. Hopefully, hopefully on the chat, you guys had, had more than... Two answers, because the real answer is this. There's a lot. There's a lot of possible answers to this question. What I want to hear you, what I want you to hear me say is I'm not telling you the right answer right now, okay? There are a lot of right answers. What I love, though, about the way VRL operates is that when you come on staff here, they actually send you to a two-day seminar to, to get us on the same page, Okay? So we have, we have at this church an answer to the question, what is a disciple? And it's summarized with this. Number one, ready for this? A disciple is someone who follows Jesus. In Luke 5.11, it says that they left their nets and they followed him. That is an important piece. Number one, a disciple is someone who follows Jesus. Number two, it is someone who is being changed by Jesus. See, Peter says, Lord, Lord, leave me alone. I am a sinful man. And Jesus says, don't be afraid. He says, he says, don't you worry about that. I'll take care of your sin. I'm Jesus. You don't know this yet, but that's what I'm about to do. And another version of this, it says, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Jesus will make you. He will change you. So a disciple is someone who follows Jesus. A disciple is someone 
who's being changed by Jesus. And the third one is this. It is someone who is on mission with Jesus. They left their nets and they followed him. I will make you fishers of men. Jesus says, hey, you saw what I can do with fish. Imagine what I can do with people. And so just really quick tonight, uh, there's nothing in this that I would say is like this crazy deep theological nugget. This is just one of those, one of those passages where, where, where I'll just ask you at the end, like, why not go do it? That's what's, that's what's going to happen here. And, and so uh, let's just start with what I think is the, the simplest one to comprehend of these three, following Jesus. Following Jesus is in a nutshell this. Hey, I acknowledge the fact that Jesus knows more than me, that what I'm doing is not working. It could be going better. Jesus knows more. I'm going to go back to 2002. I'm going to get a bracelet that says WWJD. And whenever I'm in a situation, I'm going to say, what would Jesus do? And then you do that thing. Okay. Now it's simple. It's not easy, right? It's really simple to go, okay, well, I know to follow Jesus, but like doing that is a little bit tougher. So that's following Jesus. Uh, you don't need to know where you're going. You just need to follow him. Jesus doesn't say, hey, make your own map. Figure it out, bro. He says, come follow me. Go where I'm going. We'll get there. Another place in the book of John, Simon says to Jesus, Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words that give eternal life. This is right after Jesus preached the sermon. And in it, he was like, hey, if you want to follow me, you need to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And like thousands of people following Jesus went, nope. And they left. And Jesus turns to the 12 and he goes, you guys going to leave too? And that's Peter's response. Where else would I go? I'm going to follow you. So that's number one, following Jesus. Number two, being changed by Jesus. This doesn't say... A disciple is someone who follows Jesus and is perfect. This is someone who is currently in the act of being changed. You don't just wake up one day and go, all right, well, I follow Jesus now, so I've got it. Every single day, you have to make a choice. Again, Jesus says in another place in Scripture that if anyone, uh, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily, and follow me. Take up your cross daily, 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 daily. Get it? <laughs> it's not a one-time thing. It's not, I got baptized, and look, I nailed it. Daily, daily, daily. Great. Okay, cool. We got that. We have to take up our cross daily. We don't have to be perfect. We just have to be changing. And the third part is this. You're on mission with Jesus. And this is the one that I think is the, it's the toughest. Because again, changing, I hate changing. But this is letting Jesus change you. You don't have to change. Jesus has to change you. Okay? So, so this one is you don't have to be an expert. You just have to be intentional. When he calls Peter, he doesn't say, hey, you're a great fisher of men. Come with me. He said, I will show you how to do that. But we're going to have to study this. So let's, let's, uh, I work with children. Let's use an object lesson, shall we? Um, here I have this wonderful boat. This is a boat. I know you're thinking, that's a cup. It's a boat today. This is our boat. And Jesus goes out with his disciples who are not yet his disciples, and he says, hey, throw your, throw your nets in. And they start catching fish. And the fish are jumping in the boat. 
and the fish keep jumping in the boat. And they're losing fish. And so they call over the sons of thunder and they go, hey, sons of thunder, help us. And they throw the fish Pike's Place Market style and they keep filling up the boat. Okay? If they don't call over their friends, the boat is going to sink and they're going to lose all the fish. Okay? If we don't call over James and John and we don't throw them the fish and sink their boat too, we're going to lose all the fish. Guys, since VRL reopened the building a year ago, 173 people have been baptized. Fish are jumping in the boat. Okay? Last week or two weeks ago, we had 400 kids in our children's ministry. Fish are jumping in the boat. Okay? Every week, 350 families are jumping into our online services. Fish are jumping in the boat. Okay? And if we don't have a place to connect them, if we don't have the volunteers and the leaders in place to go, hey, you got baptized, let me walk you to your next step. Let me show you now how to follow Jesus, what it looks like to be changed by Jesus and how to be on mission with Jesus. The boat's going to sink and the fish are going to swim away. Okay? We have As a church, we have to be prepared to call over the sons of thunder and keep the boat from sinking or else we're just going to lose the fish. And when I say lose the fish, in case someone has missed out on the metaphor, let me explain. People are coming to ask about Christ. And they're going, hey, I have questions. And we're going, we have an answer. Get baptized. They go, what's next? And if we don't have the people in place, here's what happens. See ya. Did they leave our church and go to another church? I don't know. Did they just come here on Sunday at eight o'clock and I just don't know it and no one ever sees them? I don't know. Did they leave our church and go to a different church? I don't know. I don't know where they went. Neither do you. And that's, that's what we got to figure out. We've got kids coming in. They're sitting in small groups and we go, man, how, how great was today's story? What'd you learn? They tell us what we learned. We go, great, see you guys later. But we didn't have the chance to go, hey, I remember two weeks ago you were telling me that your parents are getting divorced. How are you doing? How are they doing? How's that going? And instead what happens is that kid gets up and they walk towards the exit door where a different person then goes, all right, Jacob. And Jacob goes to leave. And Jacob's dad comes to pick up and we go, have a great week, see you later. And we didn't address the fact with Jacob or his dad, like, hey, how are you? That's what we're trying to get done at this church. We're trying to meet people where they are. But if we don't know those people, we can't meet them where they are. But if all of us in this room don't start scooping fish into the boat, into our boat, the boat's going to sink. And they're all going to leave. And I don't, I don't, honestly, I would love for them to go to our church. I hope they're going to a church. I hope they're getting deeper in their relationship with Christ. But we don't know that. We only know what we know if they're here and if they're connected. And we say that we're a relational church and that this is a relational environment and we want people to be in small groups because that's where you go deeper. And if we aren't connecting people there, then what are we doing? Okay? So this is, this is the sermon that when you leave, 
The question is, hey, what do you need to do and why aren't you doing it? Hey, are you following Jesus? If you're here, to, if you're here today and you're going like, listen, uh, this is my first time here. What are you talking about, man? Hey, I, I think you need to follow Jesus. I think you need to go, hey, what, you're here for a reason. Hey, what Jesus is asking me to do I, sounds better than what I'm doing. And after we're done here, you can walk right over here and you can get baptized and you can take your next step and we'll connect you. We better after tonight. <laughs> and we're gonna, we're gonna show you what it means to follow Jesus. Or, or maybe you're reluctant to change. You know what Jesus is asking you to do to change. You're just not really ready to do it. You say, I'm a disciple. I'm following Jesus, kind of, and I'm not going to change. Maybe that's your next step. Where do you need Jesus to change you? The, th- the third area would be what do you need to do in what area do you need to be more intentional about making disciples, about fishing for people? See, Jesus has said, hey, I will, I will show you what to do. I'll teach you how to do this. If I can do this with fish, imagine what I can do with people. So what is it about your job that you can tweak to become a fisher of men. I'm not telling you to quit your job and and go become a missionary. I'm saying, hey, while you're at your job, how can you be more intentional about being a fisher of men? Here is what I want you guys to walk away with. You have to do something. You have to do something. You have to do something. And maybe it's follow Jesus. And maybe it's let Jesus change you. Or maybe it's start being intentional. Uh, I I know that the Family Feast Thursday is awesome. And you guys are coming in. I had someone text me today, a a Kidman volunteer. Hey, is there going to be dinner before church? There sure is. Maybe you just need to come in and flip burgers. Because someone's coming in. And this, this is now a parent with three kids that doesn't have to make dinner before church on a Thursday night. That's huge. And you can come, and that can be your way of helping the fish get in the boat. Because then they get to come and sit down, and then someone else gets to go and sit with that family and go, hey, we're so glad you're here. Tell me about you. Or maybe you want to serve in children's ministry. Or maybe you want to help out with, with our online stuff. Or maybe you want to help on the tech team, or with our high schoolers, or, or some other area. But you, you have to be doing something. So would you just do me a favor? Bow your heads, close your eyes. We're gonna pray, and then uh, and then we're gonna we're gonna just talk just a little bit more. God, we love you so much, and and what we want is to be your disciples. We want to be following you. We want to be changed by you, and we want to be on purpose, on mission with you. God, wherever it is you're going, we don't know. But it's better than where we're going. So, so God, I, I pray that you would take us there. That we would trust you. We'd step out in faith, not knowing where to go. And that we would just do it. That we'd reach out to those who also don't know where they're going. And we would bring them along in following you. God, it's in your sons that we pray. Amen.